0: Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Roberts and welcome to Expect a Miracle Podcast. My very special guest today is Pastor of World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, Nancy Defrane, a former runner-up Miss America, and uh, what a tremendous story she has of how God led her into the ministry. So stay tuned right where you are. If you need special prayer, the Abundant Life Prayer Group is always ready to receive your call. The number is 918 918- Four nine five seven 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 seven, or you can uh, ask uh, online at oralroberts.com slash prayer and give your prayer request. Those prayer requests, first of all, will be prayed over by our prayer partners and then they will all be brought to me so I can lay my hands on them and pray and believe God for a miracle. That's why we call this podcast Expect a Miracle because we are expecting a miracles. And join me in welcoming my very special guest, Pastor Nancy Dufresne. Nancy, God bless you, and thank you so much for being a part of this podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for asking me. I love being with you. Well,
0: it's wonderful. Nancy, there's just no way for you to get to Marietta, California, pastoring that wonderful church from Altus, Oklahoma. As a Miss, <laughs> as a Miss Oklahoma and one of the runner-ups to Miss America, you got to share the story of how you, how you started out in, the, in Southern Oklahoma.
1: Well, I tell you, Brother Richard, my dad was a cotton and wheat farmer there, and I was raised in the Methodist church. And uh, I ended up leaving home to go to school. And uh, while I was in college, I got born again, ended up at Oral Roberts University. In fact, I was a senior in high school. Here I was in the Methodist Church. I wasn't born again. I didn't, we'd never heard that message. And so I was sitting in my bedroom and I said to God, God, where do I go to school? And he said, go to Oral Roberts University. And so, uh, people talked me out of it, redirected me a different way, but I ended up there. And right before I got there, I was born again. And so I went there to school. And it was while I was there that I won Miss Oklahoma, then went on to Miss America. And after that, I, of course, lived there in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And I went to a meeting and met a, met a man by the name of Ed Dufresne. And uh, we ended up within a very short time getting married. And we were there in Tulsa a couple more years. Then he moved us back to, God spoke to us to come back to California. And here we ended up in Murrieta, California and uh, loving what we're doing.
0: Well, you started that church together. Now I know, of course, I knew Ed for many, many years. Uh, Ed, was, Ed had a traveling ministry, a, a minist- very powerful ministry, prophetic ministry, but you were responsible for the church primarily.
1: Well, I tell you, Brother Richard, what is so um, funny about that is we, Ed started the church and I know, and I, you know, I traveled with him in his traveling ministry. I loved traveling. And he said to me when he, you know, God told him to start the church and my feathers fell a little bit because I thought, oh, he's going to be traveling and I'm going to be left at home with the church. And I like traveling. So we started the church and he said to me, he said, you're the pastor. I said, I'm not the pastor. God <laughs> hasn't told me I'm the pastor. And I made special special uh, note not to talk to God about it because <laughs> I did not want to hear that I'm the pastor. So, Brother Richard, it's crazy because for four years it left me there at home. <laughs> I, 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 I handled every bit of the church. I led the music. I preached the sermon. I passed the offering buckets, greeted the people, did it for four years. And the whole time I'm telling you, you better get a pastor in here. (laughs) And I just had no idea that I was going to be the pastor. And so one day we were holding a special conference and a, and a preacher got up to preach, but I got caught up in the spirit and uh god said to me he's well jesus said to me in that visitation said do you love me and I said, you know, I do now. see, I could, I should have got the clue of what was coming. And he said, then feed my sheep, pastor. And it just stunned me. So he said, you get up and you announce to the people on Sunday morning that you are the pastor. Because in my heart, I, you know, I, I, I in my, mentally, I hadn't agreed in my heart. It, it was still on the road. You know, it wasn't about being home and pastoring. So I got up that next Sunday morning and I announced I'm the pastor and the pastor. They just looked at me like, where's the big announcement? We're, I was the only one in the room who didn't know it, Brother Richard. Everybody else knew it. And I tell you, it had, I, I've done it for 25 years. I've absolutely loved it.
0: Well, if you, I, I tell people all the time, if you can't preach... At World Harvest, you just don't have any anointing on you at all. I love coming to your church. For those of you who are not sure where Marietta really is, uh, it's about halfway between Los Angeles and San Diego. As a matter of fact, it's on the old stagecoach route that went from from L.A. all the way down into San Diego. It's in the area known as the Temecula Valley. And, and anything you plant will grow. In the Temecula Valley, such an absolutely beautiful area of California. Now it can be ninety degrees during the day and drop down into the thirties at night. I mean, it's kind of like kind of like the upper desert, you know, almost like Hall. Uh Did you did you and Ed actually begin the church in Marietta or were you someplace else first?
1: Well, we started in a uh, building that we were renting in Temecula, which is a sister city. They they just butt up right next to each other. And then when we found the property of where to build the church. That was in Murrieta.
0: When you started preaching, when you started preaching, how how did you how did you form the preaching? Did you, you didn't grow up in the Word of Faith? You said you grew up in the Methodist Church. How how did you come in to the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How how did you how did you get into the Word of Faith? How did you how did you come into the charismatic experience that, that has shaped your whole life?
1: Well, Brother Richard, when I was uh, a student in high school, my older brother ended up going to Rama there at Dad Hagen's uh, headquarters. And he went one of the earliest years that it started in the 70s, and he started handing me Brother Hagan books. Now, I wasn't born again at the time, so I wasn't reading them. But the day I got born again, I remembered those books. I pulled those out and I started reading on Dad Hagan's materials. And so from then on, I started attending some of his camp meetings and stuff there in Tulsa. And then, of course, I met my husband, and Dad Hagan was his spiritual father. And of course, that was just right into the flow of what, where God had me. So dad Hagen was our spiritual father that trained us so much and talked about the local church. And so he, my husband had been under his ministry or hooked up with him for many years and we got married and, you know, dad Hagen was so strong on the local church. And, uh, he would say that people would ask him all the time, what is God doing? in this day and era, and he would say God is raising up strong local churches that flow with the Word and the Spirit. So that's how we began emphasizing, and that's what set our direction of what we would, what we would, uh, the flow we would accommodate in this local church, preaching the Word, but we wanted the, the Holy Spirit to be able to move and have His way, and we trained people in that.
0: Well, I remember when you were still in Tulsa, and uh, you, you came on our television program uh, while you were Miss Oklahoma. And I remember how Lindsay and I uh, met you, and, and Ed, you had just been married, and we yes. met you at a, at a service there in, in Tulsa. And You were under heavy criticism at the time. How, how did you deal with criticism and those who came against you at that time?
1: Well, I tell you, it, it affected my husband's ministry in the sense of um, b- being a traveling ministry. People quit booking him for a little bit of time. You know, the, the invitations fell off because we had a real unusual story, Brother Richard. You know, there was 20 years difference yes. between Ed and I, and that was a big difference. But, uh, and I can understand people just looking at the natural side would wonder. You know, but um, the thing is, is that I was raised around people that were older in the sense I was more comfortable in that setting. And my family had had people in it, in the lineage where there were great age differences. And my mother would talk about what wonderful marriages. So we knew it could work. But people who hadn't been around that, that was different, you know. And so when um, Ed, Ed and I got together and two, we got uh, from the time we met to the time we married, it was only five weeks. So that is not recommended. That was That's the exception. That's not the rule. But God spoke to us. And of course, we were married right on 30 years before he went home to be with the Lord. And so I think the abrupt change, then the age difference, um, it, it created a, a, a setting for people to wonder. And yet it was a marriage made in heaven. It really was. And I tell you what, it was, it was days of heaven on earth for us because, uh, you know, when you're both renewing your mind with the word of God, your marriage can be heaven on earth. And so there were some people who didn't understand. But for me, I was the type, Brother Richard, I really wasn't swayed by too much about opinions Um, now my husband, you know, he was, he was the type, he took things to heart a little more. And if somebody said something, he'd have to get past it. But I, I just was the type I was pretty good at passing, you know, just throw it over my shoulder and keep going. Mm. And you know, when you've heard from God. That makes all the difference. God spoke to us. And when people would say things, it's like I, they're just coming from a place of not hearing what I heard.
0: Well, I understand perfectly what you mean, because I was very concerned uh, about uh, the reaction uh, if, uh, if, I, if I remarried in 1980. Yes. Uh, uh, and, and, but, but you mentioned Brother Hagen a moment ago. Of course, he played a profound part in my life as well. And uh, he prophesied over over me one day that the thing that was in my heart that I was concerned about how people would respond was of God, and that I right. needed I needed to go ahead and do it and have no fear. And then, and then the first time I introduced my wife uh, at that time, who was who was just a a student, a law student, and we were just dating. First time I introduced her to my father. Uh, He was in bed in his pajamas reading a book with his reading glasses on. And he looked up and said, so this is Richard's bride. So I I felt like I had two pretty good confirmations and I didn't need to be too concerned or overly concerned about what somebody might think. Because God had a bigger plan in mind and God had a bigger plan in mind for you and for
1: Ed. Well, and hearing what God says about your situation makes all the difference. It anchors you. You know, when things come against you or people don't understand, it settles you down because when you hear from God, that makes all the difference.
0: When you know you're in the center of God's will. Yes, sir. How have you known that in your preaching uh, with your congregation and with uh, all the traveling that I know you still do uh, all over the world, especially I know you go to Russia quite a lot. How have you kept centered in your faith?
1: Well, I tell you, brother Richard, one of the things that I did is in pastoring is I pastored by the Holy Ghost. And not not everybody quite understands that statement, but yeah. that means that I I I did not just rely on natural ability. I didn't just rely on natural things. I developed my ability to hear the Holy spirit. I practice responding to the Holy spirit. And before I, before I prepare for a service, I pray and talk to God. What do I, what do the people need? And by learning and developing and it's still endeavoring to grow in skill in following the Holy Spirit. It made pastoring a joy. He would always uh, alert me if something was uh, needed to be addressed, if something needed to be dealt with. And so we taught based on how the Holy Spirit led us and, um, when you follow the Holy Spirit, when you're a pastor, you're able to address things before they become a problem with the congregation. Mm-hmm. You address the needs of the people that maybe they haven't even articulated to you yet, but the Holy Spirit is letting you know what that church family needs. And we do the same on the road. And um, we just know this, that living by faith, following the Holy Spirit, learning who we are in Christ and having our inheritance articulated, growing skillful with receiving and cooperating with our inheritance. That's such a key for success in the life of the believers. You have to know who you are in Christ. And we always emphasize the foundational things. We always emphasize what is going to help the people to grow. And it was so important to us that we give the sheep cheap food. Not just something that was uh, a popular theme or something, but what's going to help their life? What can they live on day by day? If they wake up in the middle of the night and one of their children are sick, we're going to equip them to know what to do at those points. So what what our endeavor has always been to do and our focus in our teaching was teach the people what they need to know to live successfully every day mm and um, giving them sheep food, something they could grow on, something they could develop on. And then not only that, we taught them, uh, rely on the Holy Spirit, learn to follow the Holy Spirit, listen to Him, respond to Him. You know, Brother Richard, Dad Hagen came and did a week-long crusade. Ours was the last crusade he did in the United States, a week-long crusade before he went home to be with the Lord, he was with us. And we were preparing for him coming. And when he, uh, uh, just a couple months before he came, I was teaching the congregation about the office that he occupied, that is a prophet, and that we wanted to draw on the gift in him. And so we would spend some time praying for this conference that was coming up. And one day, the Spirit of God, God spoke to me and he said, you can pray for my spirit to have his way in those meetings. But if the people don't respond when my spirit starts moving in the service, it won't even matter that you prayed. So I saw this. My big job is not to pray for God, not to get the people only to pray that God would move, but teach the people how to respond yeah. Yeah. to the Holy Spirit in that service. And the way I taught him is I said, if Brother if brother Hagen starts shouting amen, you shout amen. If he starts running in the Holy Ghost, you run. If he jumps, you jump. If he dances, you dance. If he sings, you sing. You imitate those who know the Spirit. Yes. And that's yeah. one of the... The best ways to learn to become skillful. And I tell you, Brother Richard, when we began teaching the people about responding in a service, that it changed our service overnight, the people took another leap, another, they just went to another level spiritually because they began drawing on the word. And you say uh, that if you can't preach in our church, you know, you're gonna have a hard time (laughs) preaching anywhere. It's because one of the things is we've endeavored to teach the people, be hungry for the word, draw on that word, respond to what the spirit of God is doing in that service. And if they'll learn to respond in a service, then they'll know how to respond when they're at home because they're practiced at yielding to the Holy Ghost. And so that's really been an emphasis for us. Give the people sheep food, give them something that they need for everyday living. And part of that is learning to follow the Holy Ghost. For themselves, you know, um, I hadn't I hadn't gotten to be around your ministry in years because we've been out in California and of course you were in a different location than us, and we got to reconnect again at Brother Copeland's uh, ministers' well, meeting about and three he years had ago. you. Yes, he had you up there doing the last night you were preaching and you were also ministering healing. And I saw, I recognized so strong, you were in the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I said, this is what uh, we're, we are bringing our people into. And uh, that's when I, I knew by the Holy Ghost, it was a divine connection to have you to come because God is raising up strong local churches that flow with the word and the spirit. And so we saw that you were so skillful in that flow. And uh, any 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 part of that that's going to enhance our church and our ministry, we want our people around it. And so we're just so grateful for the flow of the Holy Ghost. I
0: appreciate that so much, uh, Pastor Nancy. But in addition, let me just add to what she was saying. Um, when we accepted her invitation and came, my, my youngest daughter, Chloe, was with me. And I, I'll never forget when I first walked into the into the service the first first time I'd ever been at World Harvest Church in Marietta and uh, your your son Grant was up with the worship team as well as as uh, Tony your your musician your other musicians were there and when Chloe and I walked in something happened to me that hasn't happened that often in my life and that is to walk into a service and literally break into tears because the power of God and the anointing was so strong and so heavy I didn't know if I was going to be able to preach. I, I could not keep the tears back and neither could my daughter because it was so mm-hmm. powerful. And that's why I tell people that I, I, I'm not inviting myself uh, I'm, but I'm telling you I'm coming back. I'm just telling you I'm coming back. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you but it you so, <laughs> are. It was so powerful. And that's what I have felt every time. And I don't feel that every place that I go, but I feel it there. Now, out of that has come something very, very wonderful. And that is a fellowship of ministers across America called Fresh Oil. And I have been in a number of those churches. And I mean, no, I mean this to sound in the right way. Those churches have the same spirit that your church yes. has because they have learned from the spiritual leader. And I have been in probably half a dozen or so of the churches who are a part of your fellowship. And I feel the same presence, the same power of God when I walk into their sanctuaries as well. How have you been able to do that? How have you been able to teach that to them? How have you? Because that's what we're supposed to do. Go and make disciples. We're supposed to do that to others.
1: Well, Brother Richard, Dad Hagen used to say, he used to make a statement. He'd say, Many people wouldn't know the Holy Spirit if he came down the street wearing a red hat. And what he was saying was it's important to learn the word, but also to learn to follow the spirit. And I'll answer your question, but I want to back up just a second when you were talking about... when. You and Chloe first came several years ago and the anointing, you recognize that anointing that begins with the worship. We did not, it was, it's never been my purpose or intention to just go with what's popular. I go with what's anointed it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. And it's so important in pastoring the church that I didn't just do something because others were doing it. I did what would enhance the anointing upon our lives, upon this congregation, upon this church. And so because of that, Um, God said something to me years ago because for 20 years I led the music in our church before brother Tony Jones came and helped. One of the things he said, he said, never listen to music void of the anointing because it will ruin your ear to discern the anointing. And he meant the spiritual ear. And so because of that. Every every aspect of the service that we hand that we conduct, we want to cater to the anointing. Then what happens is, and God said to us when we started this church, He said, "I want this to be an example church." Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big word yes. to be an example church. That means one that God can point to and say, "This is a flow that I endorse. Yes. This is a flow that yes. I move in. This is a flow that where people get help in." What be in. And so. Oh. Yes, absolutely. And so we we if we're going to train people in the word that's always going to involve the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is so prevalent in helping us learn and receive light of the word. And my husband he he walked in the office of a prophet and in that uh, one of the things that was so pronounced about his ministry is that the anointing, the tangible anointing, was so prevalent in his services. And that anointing drew all these ministers that you're referring to that are part of Fresh Oil Fellowship. They They wanted the teaching of the word, but they also wanted the move of the spirit. And so my husband was so skillful in that. And the way we trained, so to speak, is, yes, he went to their churches, but they came to our church where that flow could happen unhindered. And then they were able to observe it. You know, to learn the flow of the Holy Spirit, you have to be around someone who knows the flow. And my husband and I were around Kenneth Hagen and we learned under him and we've endeavored to carry that on. You know, when Dad Hagen left the earth and we went went to heaven, what God was bringing to the body of Christ didn't leave. He imparted and set us on the road to keep us continuing that direction. We didn't change the flow when dad Hagen left, but we continued in it. And really that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to be good students of what God put in us through brother Hagen. And my husband was so skillful himself in the anointing. And, you know, one of the things I would say about my husband, he was an apostle of the anointing that he was so skillful in that anointing. He recognized in an anoint in a service when the anointing would move, how to flow in a service, how to make uh when if there was an anointing to teach or the anointing to to lay hands on the sick or the anointing to minister by the gifts of the spirit. And so he would, he created a place where these ministers who are hungry for the word and the spirit could come and see and be, and see it by observation. And he would, he used to say this, these things you can't, you just can't be taught. They have to be caught. And the way they're caught is you have to be around it. Well, notice,
0: yeah, notice uh, that the, the anointing uh, that was on And the mantle that was on Elijah did not go up to heaven with him, it stayed. And was picked up by Elisha. And Elisha wanted to know where the where was where where is Elijah's God? He wasn't looking for a new Elijah, he was looking for Elijah's God. And that's what I have said. I I used to say to my father or Roberts, Dad, I want a double portion of your spirit. And you've heard me tell this story a number of times. I told it in your minister's conference. How I craved a double portion of his spirit. I saw that Elisha got it from Elijah, so I knew it was possible. And I knew that it was scriptural. And I knew that my father wanted me to have it. And so I sought it just like Elisha sought it. And my father said to me what what Elijah said to Elisha, Son, if you see me when I go, you will have it. And I was there, and that fresh anointing came into my life when he went home to be with the Lord back about 11 years ago from now. And it is a tangible anointing. You are so right. And there are so many who have poured into my life that I know have poured into your life. Uh, Brother Hagen, uh, T.L. Osborne, who poured into my life. Uh, Catherine Kuhlman, who taught me what I, mostly what I know about the operation of the word of knowledge. Uh, the laying on of hands ministry through my father, Earl Roberts and uh, brother John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad was a great mentor to me. And of course, Kenneth Copeland who prophesied that I would come to the Lord in the first place. So uh, we have a lot of the same uh, people who have imparted into our lives. And it has been such a blessing because all of that has been synthesized to make us who we are, make me who I am to make you who you are.
1: Well, brother Richard, one of the things I so appreciate about your ministry and was so prevalent when you and Chloe came that first time is the honor for your dad's ministry and what God began with him and that your desire was not to have a distinguished separate flow but continue in the way God uses you in that same flow and it was the same thing with Dad Hagen and my husband when they went home to be with the Lord I wasn't looking for something different I wanted to be I wanted to grow in my skill in the flow that they set us in by the Holy Ghost and that's what you you, you, and Lindsay have done is y'all have just continued in the way God uses you but it's in that same flow and that same emphasis and so that's what we've done we weren't looking for a different flow. We weren't looking for our own. Our own was in the flow that God uh, established and gave an example through these spiritual fathers, so to speak, in our lives.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the things that was a real great blessing to me happened about a year ago when you asked me to come and to teach for several days in your Bible school. You have students there Mm -hmm. on campus Uh, they're in classes in the mornings and they have jobs and so on in the afternoon how did god lead you into that bible school and what do you think the heart of that bible school is
1: well years ago when my husband had his first church in torrance california he had a bible school and um, he had talked to Dad Hagen about that because he didn't want to just have one because it might be popular to have. And, God, and Dad Hagen said, no, God is telling you and anointing you to do that. So when we came back out here, God had us to start another Bible school. And it, it's really, Brother Richard, to train the next generation in the word and the flow of the spirit. Dad Hagen had said that Jesus said something to him. He said if you don't train this next generation how to flow with the Holy Spirit he said a whole generation will be lost that doesn't know the move of the spirit. And that's what we're not wanting to have happen is the the progress made to be lost we want to pass it to the next generation. The word and the spirit operating together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, That's, of course, why your ministry, we all we love it when you and Lindsay come, because that's the same thing we see demonstrated through you, because thank God for the word. We have to have the teaching of the word, but the move of the spirit coupled with that. And um we, we have to have places where we can see the example of that happening. And that's what in our Bible school, I mean, we have, we have absolutely teaching in the classes, but we also have uh, Holy Ghost outbreaks where they just start rejoicing and they, uh, they dance in the spirit and they just, learn, they learn practicing, responding to the spirit. You have to practice that. Well, Lindsay,
0: Lindsay taught in your Bible school online. Uh, she did it uh, yeah. via, via online. And, and she said it was just, just as powerful as if we were in the church itself.
1: Yeah, we love having, having you on. If we can't get you here in the body, we'll get you on the Zoom or we'll get you somehow online.
0: Well, and you know, that's that's also something that's uh, that's been very, very good. Um, we who are in the ministry uh, are oftentimes uh, forced into situations and we don't realize that God is going to use that. And God is, God is using uh, Zoom. Uh, God is using Skype. God is using podcasts in in a much stronger way than ever before as a result of what we've been through in our nation.
1: Absolutely. These outlets that we didn't really fully take advantage right. of. And uh, now we're taking advantage of them in a whole nother way so that when we get past the restrictions of this season, we're going to have some things in place that weren't really put in place until this time. Yeah, we
0: have to be very, very careful. We, Christians oftentimes have a tendency to criticize, uh, you know, the Christians were against television to begin with, instead of embracing television oh. in order for the sure. gospel's sake. And they, they, they criticize the internet. They called it the worldwide web, the spider web, you know, no, instead of embracing saying, let's use it for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to be very, very careful that we, that we don't take the things that well, let's say it this way. We eat the straw and we spit out the sticks. Okay, we, we, take, right. we take the things that are out there and we use them for the glory of God. We, we don't use them in the way the world uses them, but we use them in a way that builds people's faith.
1: Well, Brother Richard, you have a Bible school online with, what is it, 85,000 students in all different nations? I have,
0: I have them in 52 nations. No, I'm sorry. I have them in 100 nations. <laughs>
1: It's an amazing outreach, and if it weren't for online, we would you wouldn't be able to reach all these nations to where your body doesn't always get to go. That's right, and uh, and it it, it just it, it helps us in completing our assignments. Now,
0: I wanted to uh, I started to mention earlier. i want to mention it now. You have had a, a great experience of ministry in Russia, in Siberia yes, as well as in Saint Petersburg. Uh, I know there was a time in my father's life when he was there when it was still under the soviet union and he prophesied yes. that that the door of russia would open wide to the gospel but that uh-huh. there was a day coming when that door would slam closed again we don't know we know that it's opened we don't know how close we are to the day when it will close again but i know you've had a profound ministry there can you share a little bit about what you've done in russia
1: well god said the same thing to us that he was going to open the door but it wouldn't be open long Um, there was a pastor who traveled from Abakan, Siberia, Russia to the United States and showed up in one of my husband's meetings. And he said, I want you to come and preach for me in Siberia. And my husband said, oh, I don't go to Siberia and preach. And so he went back to the hotel room and God said, I want you to go. In Ed's head, he just remembered his dad saying when he was a little boy, if he was a bad boy, he's going to send him to Siberia. (laughs) And so he kind of floated back to that threat, you know, when he heard this invitation to Siberia. But when he went back to the hotel room, God said, I want you to go to Siberia. And so he began going there and revival absolutely broke out. And the city has multiplied. It has grown. And that that pastor there is doing a wonderful work. Well, in that, we got hooked up with Saint Pe- a church in St. Petersburg. And so my husband said to me, Brother Richard, probably it's about 20 years ago, my husband husband said to me, we were standing in my, in our bedroom one day and God, and he said, God is going to put you on TBN. And I didn't understand exactly how that would happen or when that would happen. But, uh, we started going, uh, we kept going after my husband went home to be with the Lord. We kept going to Russia and some, the, uh, the president of TBN came into our service and was there. And, uh, to make a long story short, they invited us onto TBN Russia. And so now we're doing that. We go into a hunt. There's 196 countries and nations. We're in 186 of them, uh, through that TBN Russia that God opened the door. And the interesting thing, Brother Richard, is when my husband turned 70, now he went home to be with the Lord when he was 72. But when he turned 70, God spoke to him and said, uh, there's going to be more fruit in your ministry in the next 10 years than all the previous years combined. Well, when he died at 72, I said, God, I'm not willing to let that word drop. I picked that up and I put my faith on that, that in the next 10 years, that we will have more fruit. Uh, in the next 10 years and all the previous years of ministry put together. Now, my husband had traveled and gone for so long, traveling and preaching in so many churches. I had no idea how that could come to pass. But with one email, we got an invitation to TBN. And with one email, that word is fulfilled, that we are really seeing more fruit today uh, in these in just recent times than we've seen in all the almost previous 50 years of ministry, because my husband was in the ministry almost 50 years. And so this facility of using the online and television has uh, caused that word to come to pass.
0: Well, if you uh, who are viewing this podcast are ever in the greater Los Angeles, greater San Diego area, and you're looking for a place that has the power of God, where you feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit, where you get Bible-centered, word-of-faith teaching, I strongly, strongly recommend World Harvest in Murrieta, it's the most beautiful area of California. They grow some of the the they grow everything, everything that you can possibly grow. They grow in the Temecula Valley. It's so fresh and it's so delicious. But so is the ministry there. So I, I urge you, you you will never regret going into that church. Pastor Nancy, thank you for being with me today on this podcast.
1: Would you pray over the needs of people right now? Yes, Father, I thank you that your power. Your presence is right where your people are, no matter what the need is. There's no distance in prayer. And we thank you that your anointing and your power is present right where they're at. So Father, we we release our faith in the power of God. We say we believe in the power of God, and I speak for the power of God to go into the families, go into the homes, go into the marriages and restore. We speak for the power of God to go from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, driving out pain, symptoms, sickness, and disease in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for for fulfilling your plan, fulfilling your best in the lives of these people. And we release our faith in your power. And we say your power is working in our lives. Your power is working in our bodies. Your power meets our needs and we release our faith in it. In Jesus name, we receive your power and we thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. Pastor Nancy, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I love being with you. We miss you much and look forward to seeing you soon. Well,
0: we look forward to seeing you soon as well. God bless you today. And my dear friend, if you have a special prayer request, contact us at the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 or online oralroberts.com slash prayer. And I enter in an agreement with Nancy's prayer right now. The Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So I bind that satanic attack that's come against you. I curse it in the name of the Lord, and I pray for healing. And he also said, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I loose the power of God right now to come in, and I feel the anointing as I say it. I I loose that to come into your life now, from the crown of your head even into the soles of your feet, in the name of Jesus. I pray and I believe, and I release my faith for you, expecting a miracle in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Make contact with us today. 918-495-7777 When you give your prayer request our prayer partners will pray and they'll send the prayer request to me so I can hold your name and needs right in my hands and pray or go online and send me your prayer request at oralroberts.com slash prayer. There's also a place for you to make a donation to this ministry. If this ministry is a blessing then uh, go ahead and uh, make a donation and believe that God will not only use it but multiply it back in the authority of Jesus mighty name. God richly bless you and next week I'll have Another very special guest on "Expect a Miracle" in Jesus' name. Bye bye for now.
1: This "Expect a Miracle" podcast with Richard Roberts is supported by the donations of the friends and partners of Oral Roberts Ministries. If you would like to support this or other outreaches of this ministry, please go to oralroberts.com. We believe when you give to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, your giving will be abundantly multiplied back to you, according to God's word in Luke 6:38.